Feel it, people. Yeah, welcome back to the Rotobomb Podcast. It's Tuesday, and that means it's waiver wire day, and it's week 11. So I think a lot of us are under pressure. Man, that's got to be like one of the greatest songs of all time. Bowie, Freddie Mercury. And it's funny, I hear that the sessions for that song, they fought over how it was going to sound, and it actually was sort of a tough process to get that song recorded because Queen wasn't used to having a, another major creative force in the room and and Bowie is all of that or was all of that apparently um, so it's interesting in some ways it's a, it's a song about how pressure can create something special because they were under pressure when they recorded the thing and pressure is going to be the theme of this week it's going to be the theme of this podcast and I'm, I'm planning a podcast tomorrow where we're going to talk a lot about pressure so uh, for those of you who uh, are interested you can check that out um, you know, but again, we are under pressure. It's week 11. I know a lot of folks out there are probably four and six, five and five. You don't have a lot of margin for error. Uh, maybe you've got some, you know, four teams on the bye this week. Uh, some, some pretty important players we might be without. You've got Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and Derek Henry, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley, you know, Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, a lot of people on the bye this week, you know, who are going to take something out of your bottom line. So, uh, I'm going to do my best to tell you what I think of this week's group. Now, unfortunately, you know, as we said early in the year, this stuff's going to get thin. Uh, and now we're at week 11, and it's finally, you know, happening. There's just not a ton out there that's clearly good. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't say it's totally barren either. Uh, obviously, you know, Hill is going to be the guy everybody's talking about and going after. I don't know if that's really going to pay the kind of dividends some people are hoping uh, but I do agree that he's probably the number one guy out there on most waiver wires. Um, and we're going to get into all of that. Uh, so, once again, welcome to the Waiver Wire Podcast. It's Tuesday, and it's week 11. And uh, hopefully you guys are uh, having a good season. I know most of my teams are in really good shape. Uh, I've been telling you guys about that one team that just totally went south on me early. Uh, and my and this really breaks my heart. My fishbowl team isn't going anywhere. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs, which is going to be the first time I've never made it in the fishbowl. But man, when you draft Darnold and Cam and Nick Foles in a 2QB league, you know, there's just not, I mean, it's, and you know, my team actually is, can still do it. I, I've managed to sort of plug my way through, but the last two weeks uh, with the other injuries that have hit me with Thielen and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and my tight end. It's just, it's just, it's, and David Johnson's my running back. It's just been too much to overcome. And I don't, I really don't see any way my team gets through. So sort of mourning the loss of my fishbowl team, which is a bummer. Um, 
and that one other team I, I, I mentioned a couple times on the pod um, that went south early, also a super flex league where I drafted Foles and Mayfield and Trubisky. Uh, yeah, way to wait on those quarterbacks, Pete. Oh, jeez. Um, but apart from those two teams, I don't have a team that's out of it. In fact, most of my teams are in prime position. I'm fighting for buys in most of my leagues, so uh, I've got a lot to play for. Don't think I'm just doing this uh, to do an article or a podcast. I'm leaned in myself. I'm really... I have to say, I'm just looking forward to the playoffs. I can't wait for wait for week 14 to get here. And really, hopefully, hopefully, I'm not doing much week 14. And neither are you guys. Hopefully, we're taking 14 off and, and waiting for week 15. Uh, but those playoff matchups uh, are some I'm focused on. And uh, on when, uh, tomorrow, when I do the pod, uh, I'm going to be focused on, like I said, uh, the elements of pressure and some stuff like that. And and you know maybe offering some ideas of how we can avoid it. Uh, but more importantly, just about acknowledging that it's there. But in addition to that, it'll be sort of a two-part pod. I will also do a quick hit, maybe 20 minutes, on some trade stuff. Uh, and then on Friday, Jim Hackett and I on the WEI pod, uh, we're going to do a trading deadline show. Uh, you know, and I think for most people, Saturday and Sunday morning, it's going to be the end of trading uh, for redraft leagues. Maybe some leagues have it for next week, but I think really, uh, based on everything I've heard from people, 90% uh, week 11, uh, going into week 11 tends to be the trading deadline. Um, so we got a lot of stuff coming this week, uh, but we're going to start it off with the waiver wire. So giddy up and, uh, let's, let's, let's hit the quarterbacks, which, you know, are incredibly unexciting. And, you know, when I say unexciting, <laughs> believe me, I'm not exaggerating for a fact. I mean, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Sam Darnold, and Nick Foles. Woohoo! <laughs> Damn, that's some ugly shit. Um, Jones has been up there for the last couple weeks. I don't know if you're going to see him on a lot of other wires or not. You should. He's got an incredible playoff schedule. Uh, and that's his value. You know, you, he, he's there for you if your starter goes down and you have to play Jones in the playoffs. I think you're going to be just fine, to be honest. Maybe even better off, for all we know. Uh, I mean, Jones was terrible yesterday. He didn't play good at all. But look at the numbers. They were great. So he's a guy where, you know, he's got a Bortles quality to him. He's going to give you some foot points. Um, he's aggressive. He's downfield. He's got some weapons. Slayton is balling out right now. Uh, and, you know, by the playoffs, you'll have Ingram back and maybe even Sterling Shepard. So from Jones's standpoint, that's all good. Um, so I love Jones as an ad because, you know, now, you know, if you're a team struggling to get to the playoffs, maybe he's not your guy. Okay. Horses for courses. Uh, Derek Carr, uh, he's second on the list cause he's got a great matchup this week and playable matchups for several weeks. Not the guy I would personally be focused on cause I don't like the ceiling. Uh, Darnold, I like the ceiling better. Uh, I think the one thing we need to remember about Darnold is that this guy had a major physical problem. This guy had mono and an enlarged spleen not too long ago. It shouldn't surprise people that he was grab bagging and playing mediocre football for a spell. It really shouldn't uh, surprise us. And, you know, this is doubly um, to be expected. He plays on a horrible team with a horrible scheme and a terrible offensive line. Um, you know, Darnold's biggest problem is that he doesn't know when to give up. Uh, he's a guy who will try to create plays when there's nothing there uh, because, you know, in high school he can get away with that. In college, he often got away with that. In the pros, it's more problematic. Uh, and look, as the Jets become a serious team playing in serious games that really matter, I don't think you're going to see as much of that from Darnold. Um, of course, that's not going to happen. The Jets aren't going to get better. They're not going to play in important games because, you know, the fucking Jets. But anyway... The bottom line here is Darnold has a great schedule, okay? Uh, I, you know, 
pick him up. He, he, he's a little bit like Jones, but it's not so much about the playoff matchups. It's about all the matchups. Uh, Nick Foles, next guy on the list. Look, he's back. He's available. The schedule is eh, nothing special. But, you know, Foles is a decent quarterback. Overrated, in my opinion, but decent. Um, and, you know, uh, in deeper leagues where it's like, man, I don't have a backup. Well, now you do. Nick Foles. There you go. Okay. Um, I may add some streaming options for, you know, uh, in the final wire. I'll probably have another quarterback or two on there once I scour the hell out of this thing. But for now, I, those are the four best I see right now. Um, now, moving over to the running backs. Um, you know, the cupboard's a little bit bare. <laughs> not, not a lot here to get excited about. Brian Hill is, you know, pretty much a jag, to be honest. I mean, maybe we find out that he's really been working hard and, uh, He's a better player than he was the last time we saw him, but, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I have not had a chance to go back and watch his play in that game. I may get a chance to do that today. If I'm intrigued by what I see, maybe I will, you know, add a little bit to, to the evening wire uh, about that. But basically, he's just a guy with a job. Um, and, you know, it looks like a one to three week window based on what we're hearing. But um, as I say in the write up, you know, it's non specific stuff. For all we know, um, you know, Freeman's done. I, 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 you know, or it could be less than what we think. We just don't know at this point. But Hill's clearly the guy to go after because it looks like he'll be getting a, a big load this week. They don't have anybody behind him, really. Um, and, uh, you know, they're not going to pick up Mike Davis because Carolina beat him to the punch. So uh, Hill is the guy I'd be going after pretty much in all leagues. Uh, but Darius Geis, you know, two weeks from now, we might be looking back at this and laughing, going, gosh, we were picking up Brian Hill and Darius freaking Geis was available. I mean, how quickly things change, right? This is a major talent who's coming back, and, you know, Washington has nothing to play for. Are they going to feature Adrian Peterson just to make him happy? Hell, if I'm Washington, I cut Adrian Peterson. What's even the point? He has nothing to do with their history. Let him go somewhere else or whatever. Uh, I mean, that's not going to happen. Callahan, uh, you know, he likes to run like, you know, like like, uh, Trump likes uh, freaking McDonald's. But um, you know, so I, Adrian Peterson is going to stay, but the priority for Washington clearly is to find out what they got. And, you know, Adrian Peterson is not going to be on the Redskins next year. Darius Geis is. He's an important player for them. And this is an organization that's really underneath it right now. They need to find out about this player. I would be really surprised if Darius Geis at some point this week, next week, or the week after wasn't given a big workload. And if, and if he nails it, if the workload produces big results that's that's it you know they're like you're not going to see a big game from Darius Geis and then have them go back to Peterson that's not going to happen so uh he's you know whereas Hill has got this thing he's you know he's in there and it's his thing to lose Geis we're still waiting to find out how they're going to handle this but you know they play the Jets the Lions the Panthers uh, the Packers um, you know, the, the Eagles week 15, that's the first time they face a really tough run defense. And then week 16, hello, the Giants. So I, I, I don't know. For me, I, I could not be more intrigued with Darius Geis. And in certain situations, um, if I know my team's like a bye week team, I'm taking Geis over Hill. I am. You know, the only reason not to do that would be is if you think you can flip Hill for something that's worth more. And you know what? That's compelling. But, I, you know, if I'm taking it for my purposes, for my roster, and I'm a team that's going to be playing week 14, 15, 16, 
I think Geis. I think Geis is more upside in Geis. More, there's a, a bigger chance that a good fantasy team might be compelled to play Geis in the playoffs versus Brian Hill. Um, you know what? And while we're doing that, while I'm making these claims or takes, whatever you want to call, uh, let's look at some of the rushing matchups for the other side, okay? Hill gets Carolina this week. That's good. Tampa Bay next week is not good. Saints the following week, not good. Then Carolina again, good. San Francisco week 15, not good. Jacksonville, eh, sort of run of the mill. So the better matchups belong to guys for what it's worth. So again, depending on your station, you know, if it's about the next two weeks, yeah, take Hill. But if it's about the total, if you're a team that's in good shape, if, you, if the most important thing for you is having positive lineup flexibility in weeks 14, 15, 16, I, I think I'd go guys, you know, for what it's worth. But, you know, that's just me. Do what you're going to do. Um, next up is Kalen Balage, a name I would like to stop saying, and hopefully uh, the next couple weeks will be the end of it. Um, I don't know. I'm being a little harsh. I actually like this kid. I, he's, he's a fun kid to watch when he's not actually playing football. I mean, he's a lot of fun in practice. Makes incredible one-handed catches, and he's a hell of an athlete. He's just one of these guys. We talk about it all the time. Some people aren't good at the game. You have to be good at the game. Sometimes we get so fired up, and look how big he is. Look how fast he is. He can lift a car, but he can't, you know, he, he doesn't see the play. He doesn't feel the game. He doesn't sense the scheme and the defense's reactions to it. He doesn't hit the hole well. So, you know, what are you going to do? He's, you know, he's beach muscles. Uh, he doesn't have functional football athleticism. Uh, and look, is it possible that Kalen Barrage, given all of this work, will get better? Yeah, sure. Maybe he will start to feel the game with volume. He never earned volume in college. So this is a guy who's always, you know, as I've said many times, there's always been this disconnect between the potential and what we get. Um, and eventually you have to start changing what the potential actually is. And I think in Balage, most people are, are now starting to do that. Um, but again, volume is king. Opportunity is king. Um, you know, in last week's matchup, it was pretty ugly. I mean, the guy touched the ball like, what I, I wrote it down in the article. It's um, 24 times. 24 touches. Um, now, that's not going to be very helpful in the near future, okay? Balazs against Buffalo this week should be ugly. Against Cleveland on the road, probably ugly. Against Philadelphia week 13, ugly. The Jets week 14 could be ugly. But, but, if this guy can hang on to the gig for another month, and it's not like they really have anybody other than maybe Gaskins who's going to take it from him. If he hangs on to the gig, he gets the Giants week uh, 15 and the Bengals week 16. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to really fathom that I would be a team that's playing in the semifinals and I would need Balage, but things happen between now and then. You might lose a couple running backs and be in a desperate spot, uh, and he's got winnable matchups week 15 16 and for all we know he might still be getting 24 touches so you know yeah it's ugly but we have to pay attention to reality and there there is some reality on Balazs' side uh JD McKissick uh is sort of the only game in town right now unless you like Paul Perkins uh carry on obviously is done CJ Anderson done uh Ty Johnson concussed uh it could be like a 60-70% snap week for McKissick which would lead to probably seven or eight targets five or six catches 
uh, and a pretty good PPR day. You get a little luck, a little a score or something, you could have a big day. So uh, especially in PPR, but really in any format, if you're desperate for a running back this week, uh, you know, nothing wrong uh, with, uh, with J.D. McKissick. Now, I may add a couple um, extra backs uh, just for you guys to chew on. The best of what's left if you're in a desperate situation. I'm going to sort of dig through that um, in the afternoon and add them to the final wire. Obviously, there's some handcuffs out there. And this really is the time to think about handcuffing in deeper leagues. You know, your Alexander Madison's, Tony Pollard's, uh, you know, Reggie Bonafone, although who knows, Mike Davis could change that. Um, Ryquel Armstead's a good one. Uh, Rashad Penny, even with the fumble. Uh, I would go with Bilal Powell on the Jets uh, personally. Obviously, Gio Bernard's a name we all need to know. Uh, Dion Lewis. Um, let me see here. Um, you know, and I, I mentioned Miles Gaskin before. He could be a guy to roster. Uh, Malcolm Brown, I think, is still the handcuff. Um, for Hurley, uh, for Gurley people, excuse me. Um, and Chris Thompson's a guy. I got to check out his availability um, this week. He could be a guy to look at as well. Um, now let's 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 jump over to the receivers. Uh, definitely got a couple guys to talk about here, and uh, we'll get you guys out of here inside uh, 30 minutes, I think. Now at the top of my receiver list is Darius Slayton. Uh, I know in a lot of lists people are going to be just overreacting to last week's big game. Well, maybe not overreacting, uh, but as you guys know, Slayton's been on the list now for a while here. He's uh, he's a guy I, I missed a little bit in my rookie work. I did not have Slayton as a guy who was going to go crazy, um, and hey, that's on me. Uh, but I've seen enough of him to know that this is a real thing, and he's the number two receiver on the Giants right now. That's not going to change until Sterling Shepard is back on the field. And if Slayton keeps balling out like this, it may not change when Sterling Shepard's back on the field. And obviously, you know, this is not something to joke about with, with Shepard. You know, as Hackett and I discussed on the show, you know, Sterling Shepard might be done. He may never play football again for all we know. And that's a sad thing. Uh, not something to joke about. But Darius Slayton is a guy who really, when you look at the Giants' closing schedule, the playoff matchups, he could be a game changer. I, I I would be selling out to get Slayton right now. Quite frankly, I would be going after him as much as Hill, maybe even more so, depending on my needs. I think his upside is much higher. Uh, you know, again, unless Hill has improved his game, um, I am going to try to get my eyes on that film. But Slayton is a guy, again, unless Shepard comes back, uh, Giants are going to be throwing the football. Um, so this is a guy I think needs to be owned in all formats. Uh, and same thing with Demarius Thomas, the next guy on the list. Very unsexy, no longer a great football player, still drops too many passes, still a little bit lethargic uh, with his routes, but he's a, he's a man-child. He's huge. Once he does catch the football, he, not, he can knock people down. Um, he's, you know, he's a big, dangerous dude in a lot of ways. And the bottom line is he's playing a lot of snaps, seeing a lot of targets, um, and even if the quarterback isn't into throwing him the ball, and I'm not saying that that's the case. I have no idea that it is. But I know Darnold has other favorites that are not Demarius Thomas. The bottom line is the route structure the Jets are using is forcing the ball to Thomas. He's going to see targets because of the plays they're running. This is about the coaching staff. It's not about the quarterback. Uh, and I, look, and I don't want to rip on Demarius Thomas too bad. I don't want to make it sound like this guy's Jason Witten out there or Jimmy Graham. But, you know, he's a far cry from what he used to be is, is the point. But the bottom line is this guy's seeing, you know, like Stefan Diggs kind of target share, okay? Um, he's got to be a, you know, he should be in starting lineups in most leagues right now. It's 
just sad to say, but if you play PPR, this guy's going to be putting up digits down the stretch. It, I'm shaking my head, but it's true. He is. He's going to be putting up digits. So um, it may not be fun, but Demarius Thomas can help you in most cases. Debo Samuel, a guy I really like, as you guys know. Um, Sanders got hurt last night, rib injury. Not sure if that's going to be something that lightens his practice schedule, but he's going to be able to play with it. We really don't know. This is a team with a good record. They're not going to let this guy go out there and play when they can win without him, because we know they can, um, when they need to get him healthy for the playoffs. So, it, you know, if Sanders has got one of these things where it's at all risky for him to play, I think he gets at least a week off, okay? Um, now, we know Sanders will play hurt, and, you know, at some point maybe he will, but I, I think for this week, if that's a real injury, they'll play they'll play it fairly safe with him. And then I think based on what we've seen, Debo's the number one receiver if Sanders is out. So, um, to me, if you if you own Sanders and he's your third receiver, you got to pick up Debo in my opinion. And also, if you're just looking for a guy who could be a, a one week find, pick up Debo. Okay. Um, now, rest of the season, assuming Sanders comes comes back at some point, assuming Kittle is back this week or next, Debo falls down to third or fourth on the target chain, and he's probably not a very valuable player. But for now, I would pick him up and use him. Uh, Cole Beasley, there's really not much I can say about him at this point that I haven't said. The matchups get ugly after this week. So, you know, he's definitely a pickup for this week. And then, you know, at some point you may be able to let him go for something you like more if you've got solid strength at the position. Uh, Deontay Johnson got back into the target thing last week. I think he's looking at 7-8 a week, as I say in the article. Um, they have good playoff matchups except for that Bills game week 15. So Deontay is a guy to roster. Um... I threw Keneal Harry on the wire. Truthfully, it's a lot about EI wanting me to include as many Patriots as I can. Uh, but look, Harry's a guy with a lot of upside. I mean, I'm not going to put a guy in there who I don't believe in at all. He's just, as, He is what I say in the article. He's a deep stash. But, you know, if Gronk doesn't come back, and it's looking like there's a really good chance that he won't, uh, Harry could be a, an end zone option for this team. He can end up scoring, scoring touchdowns. So I like the idea of putting him on the end of my bench in deeper formats. Um, we will get into some other receivers in the final um, waiver wire. And uh, some of the names we'll be looking at, um, Philip Dorsett, Miko Hardman, Chris Conley, Randall Cobb, Josh Reynolds, Taylor Gabriel, you know, pretty standard stuff. Uh, a couple of the more interesting names um, I'm taking a look at, uh, John Ross on the Bengals. Now, he could be back, I think it is, for the Jet game. That's like week 13. So, I don't know. I mean, in certain situations, deeper leagues, he could be worth grabbing and, and stashing, especially maybe if you can use an IR spot or something like that. Um, obviously, if that's possible, maybe the person who has him already did that. But if he's available, um, if he did play against the Jets and did well, you might be able to start him by week 14. Um, he's got a week 16 matchup against Miami. So, I don't know. In certain situations, deep enough rosters, if you're a good team uh, and your area of weakness is receiver... Uh, maybe Ross is a guy to consider, you know, it's a little thin, but you know, this is a guy who's been putting up pretty big numbers. And if this offense starts to settle in a little bit, some of those plus matchups could be pretty good. Um, so I don't know, something to think about. And then Will Fuller, which I, you know, I should have had him on the morning wire, even though he's over the 50% threshold, he's not over it by that much. Yahoo's saying 55% ownership. That's fucking nuts, man. If Will Fuller is dropped in your league, 
He's number one. Forget Hill. Go get Will fucking Fuller. Um, but, you know, I think in most good leagues, uh, and I think most of you guys probably play in tougher leagues, uh, Fuller's probably rostered. But, gosh, if he's out there, you should be doing anything and everything to get him. He's going to be at practice this week. He could play for all we know. Um, so, yeah, Will Fuller's obvious. Um, uh, I may find another guy or two for you deep leaguers. Um, you know, uh, we've got some situations that we have to let them play out a little bit. The Colts receivers, there's a lot going on there. Uh, Campbell could be a pickup depending on his hand. Chester Rogers could be a pickup depending if these other guys stay hurt. Uh, we have to start keeping an eye now on Funchess. He's going to be returning. So the Colts receivers, it's sort of a situation to watch. I don't know if I'd pick any of them up right now. Um but, you know, guys like Zay Jones, Albert Wilson, there's some other deep targets out there uh, that we might get into. Uh, now, moving over to tight end. Yes, tight end, the position we all like to talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, Noah Fant's up at the top of my list this week, really for upside. He's a great athlete. I think they're going to start targeting him more. Uh, it's not fun, but I think he's the most upside option out there, along with O.J. Howard. Um, you know, definitely a guy of upside your thing. Go after O.J. Howard, but obviously we've seen some scheme problems, um, but you know what, as you know, I, I said everything there is to say really in the blurb, he did play more last week than he's played all year, uh, he did see seven targets, if the usage continues, we're fine, um, but the matchup obviously had a lot to do with uh, the targeting, so um, I think he needs to be rostered everywhere, I've never been a proponent of cutting him in the first place, uh, but he's a risky start as of now until we see a little bit more consistency. Um, this is a position where there's nothing great out there, but there's a lot of stuff out there. When we get to the final wire, uh, I may throw in some of these guys that are actually over 50%, like Doyle and Hawkinson, because they're close enough. Fells is right there at the line. He's a guy you could pick up and play. Gasecki's a guy you can pick up and play. It's not fun. For the short term, Kyle Rudolph is a guy I should have had on the early wire. He'll definitely be on the final wire. Um, now, look, Rudolph was basically a touchdown-only kind of thing, but he did get two of them. Um, and uh, really, I think the thing is, as long as Thielen's out, Rudolph is a factor, okay? Um, uh, Chris Herndon, you can forget about his ass. Uh, David Njoku is a guy you could start considering a stash ad at some point soon because he's going to be back in a few weeks. Um, but really, on, on the Jet side, you can forget about Herndon, and Ryan Griffin is now in deep leagues, a guy you can pick up and play. It's sad, but it's true. Uh, and that's pretty much it for it for tight end. I may find another player or two I want to uh, alert you guys to. But that's pretty much it. I mean, there's some guys out there who could be available. Um, you know, uh, you know, Jared Cook could be available in some leagues. He's worth a pickup. Witten as well. Uh, maybe Vance McDonald. Um, but th these are the kind of guys the position. I think unless you have an elite guy, you're going to be playing a fringe starter, and that's just the way it is. That's tight end right now, um, and we, you know, we can stick with the matchups. Um, so that's going to do it uh, for the waiver wire pod uh, for week 11. Again, I'm going to be working on this all day. I'm getting this uh, the podcast out early. Um, so check the final wire. I should be finalizing around 7 p.m. Uh, I will be on Twitter throughout the day if you have questions about things that maybe I didn't mention, something that is available on your waiver wire that isn't available on most or, or what have you. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll definitely get back to you. Uh, and same thing tomorrow morning. I'm going to be, uh, I'll be up early. I've got a lot of Wednesday leagues now. Um, so really, I'd say up until about 1 o'clock uh, tomorrow afternoon, I should be on Twitter uh, and should be, you know, 30 minutes to get back to you, something like that. Um, so once again, thanks to really all of you folks, um, 
for using uh, all of uh, my materials this season, for, for being on Rotobon, for checking out the podcast, for listening to the show on EI. I really appreciate all you folks. Um, and once again, if you have the time, I would appreciate uh, a rating on the podcast, maybe a little blurb saying why you like the pod. It would help. Uh, but we're going to not spend too much time on that because it's a big week, man. we got a lot to do. Uh, again, there will be a podcast tomorrow, so check that out. Uh, and go out and bid aggressively tonight. Get the players you need to get yourselves through this week. Um, it's, you know, I think, and I'm going to talk about this on the pod tomorrow, but when the chips are down, when you're really feeling the pressure, don't be reactive. Don't think long and wrong. Be predatorial. Go and get what you want. Trust your instincts. Don't overthink things. This is the time of year where overthinking can really lead to bad choices. So trust your initial instincts and go get second opinions. You know, whether it be mine or someone else you trust, uh, you know, this is a good time of year um, to avoid tilting. Okay, and we'll get into that tomorrow. Uh, but once again, thanks for listening to the Rotomon Waiver Wire. Uh, go out and make some smart bids tonight and hit me up on Twitter if you need anything. We'll talk to you guys soon. Turned away from it all like a blind man Sat on a fence, but I don't want Keep coming up with love, but it's so slashed and torn Why?